This.
Good morning. Thank you for calling to Clear Victory. This is Valacita, who's on the line. Good morning, Valacita. Good morning, Valacita. Oh, go ahead. I think I heard Brother Michael. You did. Good morning. Okay. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. And who else did I hear? Cynthia. Good morning, Cynthia. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Good morning. This is Liberated Liberty. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Liberated. Wait, Liberated Linda? Did you? Liberty. Liberty. Okay, good yes. job. Okay. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy good. Wednesday. Good morning, this is Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Wednesday. Can I put a prayer request in for myself? My husband is leaving me. We will be praying for your marriage. Pardon? We will pray for your marriage. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good morning, Sister Yvonne. Happy Wednesday to you guys kind of back all the time. Good morning, this is Prosper Cam. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Good morning, Good morning. If you have already spoken, could you please mute your phone? There is background noise. It sounds like maybe somebody is traveling in their car. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know I heard Prosperous. Good morning, Prosperous. Good morning. Good Happy morning, Wednesday Pretty Patrice. Happy Wednesday, Declare Victory. Good morning, pretty happy Wednesday. Good morning, Good morning. Time Valuable. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Was that Moxie? Oh, so you know it's Moxie. Good morning, Valuable. Good morning, Good morning Moxie. Happy Wednesday Everybody. to you. Happy Wednesday. I'm so excited, y'all. Yes, I am too. Thank you. It's going down. Yes, it is. It's about to go up, not down. It's about to go up. Right. <laughs> Amen. All right, love you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Lenore's on the line. I'm sorry, who was that? Good morning, Lenore is on the line. Good morning, Lenora. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, thank you. Is this your first Good time morning. calling in? It is my first time calling in. I was invited by Jacqueline Dillard. Wonderful. Happy Wednesday. And I'm glad that you called in. We hope that you continue to call in. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Wednesday. God bless everyone on the call. Hey, hey. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Wednesday to you. Good morning. This is Natalie Reyes, um, requested uh, to join by Jacqueline. Well, welcome. 
and happy Wednesday to you. I'm so glad that you called in. We hope you continue to call in. Thank you. Good morning. This is Bree, also invited by Jacqueline. Good morning, Bree. Oh, we have a lot of wonderful new callers. This is awesome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you called in. Good morning. This is Corey, also invited by Jacqueline. This is awesome. This is a beautiful morning. We have a lot of new callers calling in. Welcome. Glad to hear your sound. Good morning. Good morning. This is Teresa Hayes. I'm also invited by Jack Stanley. Oh, wow. This is great. It keeps getting better. Happy Wednesday to you and welcome. Thank you for calling. Good morning. Good morning. My, name Good morning. My name is Angela, invited by Jacqueline. Wow. Good morning, Angela. Welcome. Glad you called in and hope you continue. Uh, good, good morning. morning. This, this is Latoya, also invited by Jacqueline. <laughs> good morning, Latoya. <laughs> this is wonderful. Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad you called in. I'm sorry. Good morning. This is, oh, I'm sorry. Good morning. This is Alexis, also invited by Jacqueline. Wow. Good morning, Alexis. Happy Wednesday. So glad you called in. Welcome. Welcome to the call. Good morning. This is Jacqueline. Happy Wednesday. (laughs) Jacqueline, happy Wednesday. Wow, this is awesome. So glad to hear so many calling in. Thank you for inviting us. Good morning. This is Mary, invited by AP Jacqueline. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, Mary. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the call. So glad you called in. Good morning. This This is... Invited by Jacqueline. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I didn't catch your name. Uh, Latasha. Good morning, Latasha. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the call. Thank you. Good morning. This is Dion, but not the midwife Dion. And I was reminded by Jacqueline this morning. Well, good morning, Dion, and happy Wednesday to you. So, have you called in? You've called in before? Yeah, a few times. All right. Not regularly, yes. Okay, well, glad to hear you. We're good. This is good to hear your sound and glad you called in. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning, Ms. Good Christina. morning. God bless you and go, Jacqueline. Yes. <laughs> good morning, Krishanda. Yes. Thank you, Jacqueline. We love this. Good morning, Ms. Good morning. Kim. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, kind Kim. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Thank you. Good morning, Good morning, morning. Good morning to Turner Bakery. Good morning and happy Wednesday. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, Good morning Valerie. I'm sorry, didn't catch that. Go, go right ahead. <clears throat> Good morning, it's glorious. Good morning, Declare Victory. Happy Good Wednesday. Morning. Happy Wednesday, glorious. Hey, BB and Dee Dee, blessings on Wednesday. Good morning, Dee Dee. Happy Wednesday to you. Good morning, okay. valuable. Good morning, Declare Victory. It was magnificent. Great morning. 
Good morning, Magnificent. Happy Wednesday to you. At this time, I'm going to ask everyone to please place your phones on mute, and we'll begin the hosting. How do you put it on mute? I'm sorry? What What do you use to put on mute? Oh, um, are you on a cell phone? Or? Yes. Okay, so you should have a mute, depending on which uh, cell phone you have, you should have a mute button, and you just press that. You'll still be able to hear us. But, got it. Okay, got it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to continue calling in during the month of May, where our monthly theme is entitled Delivering. This month, the declarations will focus on how Christ is our deliverer and how he transforms our lives and gives us the ability to live victorious lives. Make sure you invite a friend so they can be blessed as well. There are two announcements today. Today is the day that Declare Victory fasts for anything that you may be believing the Lord for. If you'd like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time when we'll call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. Second, we would like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances. Our mission at Declare Victory is to offer sound declarations based on biblical truths along with prayer during the week and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. Will you partner with Declare Victory by giving to support our mission? There are three ways to give. You can give at declarevictory.org or through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash declare victory or through cash app at dollar sign I declare victory now. We pray many blessings for our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in him. We have one spoken prayer request and that's from Susie and she's asking for prayer for her marriage. So we'll lift up Susie and her husband. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Dion. Declaration, um, yes, will be brought by Dion. The declaration will be brought by Apostle Stephen Garner. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declarant. I'll repeat the order. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Dion. Declaration will be brought by Apostle Stephen Garner. The scripture for today is from Isaiah chapter 37, verse 20. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to Dion. Have a blessed day. Hallelujah. Really quick reminder, go ahead and make sure that you press the mute button on your phone if you're new to the call. If you've never called in before, we ask that you place your phones on mute to protect the continuity of the call. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you that you are our sovereign God, God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning, God. Thank you that your mercies are new every single morning, God. Thank you that you kept us through the night as we slept and slumbered. And now, God, it is our responsibility to remind you that you are our sovereign God and we are your people. God, to declare that you are our help and our hope. We bless your high name, Jesus. We elevate you above every situation and circumstance in our lives this morning. God, we thank you for this hour and this morning that we get to come and tell you that, God, this morning we celebrate you. God, show us your glory. Be demonstrative this morning morning. Hallelujah. I bless you this morning because you love us. I bless you this morning because your care for us is infallible. I honor you this morning, God, because in spite of ourselves, you are our sovereign God. Now, we thank you this morning that this call will be focused on bringing you glory and honor by whatever means necessary. God, Holy Spirit, we give you free reign in this place this morning. We pray and declare that your perfect will will be done in and through us, God, as we go before the throne of grace and pull on the horns of the altar, God, we declare and decree that we are your righteousness, God, but not because of any righteousness of our own, God, but because of your sovereignty, because you are infallible, because you are all-seeing and all-knowing, God, we thank you this morning that we're seated in heavenly places, high above principalities, God, we thank you this morning that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God, release your power this morning. Release your glory this morning. God, get glory through all of us, God. We ask this morning that you would keep us mindful of the truth of who you said we are from the foundation of the earth in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you in advance that our steps are ordered by the righteous God, by a just God. Thank you that you are a God of justice. Thank you that you give us the mind this morning to come before the throne, knowing, declaring, and decreeing that because you had plans for us from the foundation of the earth, God, that our lives have to answer to what was already spoken from eternity. God, we thank you this morning that we are submitted and surrendered to the truth of your word this morning. We thank you for our kingdom citizenship, God. We thank you for the liberty wherewith we are saved, God. We declare and we decree, God, that we have authority and dominion in the earth in the name of Jesus. God, we bless you this morning. We honor you, God. We thank you this morning for covering marriages. God, we thank you this morning that you're binding them up in love. God, release fresh oil. God, release fresh grace in the name of Jesus. Make our lives fruitful and productive in our marriages, God, and even in our singleness. God, I pray this morning that you would keep Keep our hearts and our minds focused on humility. God, let no flesh glory in the name of Jesus. We pull down every stronghold now by the authority given us in the name of Jesus. We apply the blood, God, and we thank you in advance that we are already covered because your blood never runs dry. God, I pray for every single person on the line this morning, God, that you would continue to cover. Keep us, God. Keep us submitted to the truth of who you are, God. I thank you 
or the power of conviction. God, I thank you for supernatural order and instruction in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for our children this morning. God, I thank you for strong deliverance being made manifest this morning. God, we come against every diabolical plan of the enemy. We come against every evil scheme in the name of Jesus. We thwart them by power. We thwart them in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you this morning uh, for keeping and covering our leaders, God, from region to region, from city to city. God, that you would give us instruction. God, that you would keep our mind focused on the truth of who you say we are. God, I thank you that you'd empower every leader to lead from a place of humility, a place of honor, God. I thank you this morning that you're keeping their minds, God, that you're sending workers from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, I thank you this morning that you're keeping those that are submitted under them, God, that honor would be their portion in the name of Jesus. God, I pray this morning even for our governments, God. I pray for every city that our feet trod upon, God, that we'll stand in authority, that we'll learn to occupy in the name of Jesus. Every idea of the enemy, every arrow, every snare be thwarted by power and by fire in the name of Jesus. Let the break arise this morning. God, for those that are struggling with anxiety and depression, God, for those that are overwhelmed with distraction and frustration, I thank you that the God of our peace reigns supreme. God, this morning, we come with our hearts submitted, our ears attentive. God, circumcise our ears. God, circumcise our hearts. Bring back to captivity, God, the thoughts and ideas that heaven is blaring even as I pray in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you this morning. I got that every single person is hungry for more. God, shift our appetite in the name of Jesus. God, give us a mind to hunger and thirst for righteousness. God, help our lives to be completely aligned with the truth of who you say we are. God, I thank you now in the name of Jesus, even for the man of God that'll share on this morning. God, bless his wife. Bless his children. Bless his grandbabies. God, bless the fruit of his loin in the name of Jesus. God, bless rivers, God, in the name of Jesus. Continue to keep them. Continue to cover them, God, for every leader on this line, God. I pray that their household be a reflection of the heart of the Father this morning. God, correct our heart posture in every area, God, and as we speak to uh, the truth of deliverance, God, for your word declares that deliverance is the children's bread. God, let us know that it is for us, God, that the freedom that you promised is especially for us, that it's designed for us to thrive. God, I thank you now that we can access the courts of heaven. I thank you now that we can make our petitions and requests known according to your word. God, I thank you this morning that you're circumcising our hearts in accordance to the truth of who you idealize us as. God, I thank you that you loved us enough, that you went inside yourself and created us perfect. God, help us to release, to relinquish, to renounce, to disavow, to come out of agreement with any idea we may have that contradicts the truth of your love. I thank you now, Jesus, that even as I pray, God, you're moving in hearts. God, tenderize our hearts in the name of Jesus. God, bring down everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ this morning. I thank you now in advance that even our children will raise up and call us blessed because of the supernatural 
shifts that are happening in our lives. God, I thank you that we can trust you with our future. I thank you that we can trust you with our destiny. I thank you, God, that when we rest in you, every single idea you have of us becomes manifest through the power of your Holy Spirit, God. We declare and decree now that everything that you promised, God, we shall walk in. God and the Lord shall do a performance. God, show out this morning. God, show up this morning. Be made manifest in every life, God. God, that when we walk in a room, that they recognize your presence, not because of how great we are, but because greater is he that is down on the inside of us than he that is in the world. I thank you this morning for someone who does not know the power, the liberty, and the freedom of deliverance. According to Psalms 119, 130, God, that the entrance of your word gives light and adds understanding to it. God, I thank you for Psalms 139, 13 through 16. You knew us, hallelujah, in our unformed state and all the days of our lives were written before we lived. One day, God let our be that which is written. Hallelujah. God, let our ideas be that which is written. God, let our actions be that which is written. God, let nothing in our finite minds be exalted above the truth of who you said we are. God, we bless you this morning because you're awesome. We bless you this morning because you're worthy. We exalt you this morning because you deserve it. We acknowledge you this morning because we can't live without you. And as we begin to take our phones off mute, God, we make a sound this morning uh, that rips atmospheres. I'm <laughs> 
based on his yes, based on the, the reality that everybody isn't not living it. And I thank God for being um, a witness to him living it and teaching it according to how he lives it. So again, uh, with no further ado, Apostle Garner, Garner, I hand the call to you. All right. Well, great morning, everyone, and um, thank you all for the awesome opportunity to my beloved sister, uh, Dion Jackson. Uh, what a blessing it is to um, grace your platform and uh, partake of uh, the labor that you have sown over the years to bless those who are on this call today. Uh, for the for you West Coast people, it is extremely early, so you are working with another dimension of faithfulness, and uh, I will do my best to uh, help maximize the time. Thank you so much once again, and all who are working behind the scenes to make uh, this platform a success and to push the narrative that God has given to our beloved sister, uh, this awesome woman of God. We do give God honor for you and all that you are standing for in this season. I do have um, an assignment I want to highlight and then spend some time um, praying with you and um, answering any questions that may come up as a result. One of my premises for ministry when it comes down to establishing doctrine uh, that is geared towards the empowerment of people is to make sure that what we do fundamentally can be reconciled back to Christ. And uh, far too often, uh, sacred things are taken out of context and used uh, as a as a means to propagate things that are inconsistent with Christ, and as a result, uh, we cannot reconcile them back to Him. And so, my assignment this morning is to simply bring an emphasis to the ministry of deliverance, but I want to highlight it uh, as something being perennial and consistent with Jesus, and just take you through uh, just some scriptures that I have prepared um, to build out some thoughts concerning them that we can utilize as principles moving forward. Uh, often I've discovered in deliverances that people will zero in on trying to address the demons, but not necessarily highlight how it operated in the life of Christ. And as a result, many run shipwreck or go amok and uh, find themselves in a, even a more precarious situation prior to them even getting involved in the ministry. So prayerfully, we can clear up some of those misnomers and uh, impart some grace and uh, shed some light on some truths that are necessary for our growth. Um, moving forward. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So from this verse, we can highlight that there are several things that are consistent with Jesus. Number one, he was anointed uh, with the Holy Ghost and with power. And interestingly, People can operate in various anointings but lack power, and I think that needs to be brought up for the sake of clarity. So the anointing had an assignment in Jesus' life. It was to produce power, and as a result, he would be able to go about doing good. So think in terms of Luke chapter 4, when Jesus goes into the synagogue and he reads from the prophet Isaiah, declaring the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he highlights about six specific things of which one was to preach deliverance of the captives. And so Jesus understood why he was earmarked by God and the purpose of the anointing on his life was to give him credence to power uh, from a miraculous perspective. That's a Greek word called dunamis, but also from an authoritative perspective, that's a Greek word called exousia. And so Jesus 
was anointed by God with ability and authority to do good. And as a result, he was able to heal all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And the word oppressed in the Greek is interesting because it means to have dominion exercise over you or against you. And there are a lot of awesome believers who have found themselves uh, in, in, in pockets of oppression where uh, something is, is, is exercising dominion over them or against them. And this is where the ministry of deliverance becomes so powerful. Uh, there's a Greek word called aphesis. It's found in the Greek key 859, if you're taking notes, the Greek key 859. And it, and it literally means freedom, um, forgiveness, liberty, remission. And so the message of deliverance must be preached in order for freedom to manifest according to God's design for his people. The anointing is needed to free people from bondage and captivity because gifts don't destroy yokes. The anointing destroys yokes. And so let's look at some verses here, beginning in uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And it reads, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed and so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he, even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. Now, there are a lot of powerful principles uh, in these verses that I want to emphasize. Uh, number one, demonic powers are highly sensitized and disturbed by the presence of Christ. And so this is where when God anoints and ministry gifts, anoints believers in particular, it's almost like you're smeared or rubbed with oil and consecrated for a specific task, duty, or function. And if the ministry of deliverance was found in Jesus' public ministry, which was highly visible, then that means that God will anoint us as well because he declared the works that I do, so shall you in greater works, because I go to my Father. If the ministry of deliverance was the central theme for Jesus advancing the kingdom, it has not changed because Everything he did brought eternal impact, and so it's not subjected to any linear experience, nor can it ever be exhausted by what we see uh, happening in the realm of men as it relates to time. This is very, very important for us to understand. And so these powers were disturbed. As soon as he gets into the temple, you know, he teaches, and then uh, they acknowledge his authority, and then there's this man with this unclean spirit, singular. But then a voice proceeds out of him saying, let us alone, verse 24, which means that if you find one, you definitely can rest assured that there are others to accompany the one that's in there. Um, they will seek ways to avoid being cast out, let us alone. I remember years ago when we first started out in the Ministry of Deliverance on our own, um, in the early 2000s, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, we experienced some extreme cases of, of demonization. People would come and 
from people levitating through spirits speaking through them. But then I begin to notice as God began to uh, really um, magnetize more people in need of deliverance, that the manifestations became more extreme along with the case scenarios as well. And there would be times when, you know, we'd be praying for people and you would discern, let's just say, uh, the spirit of anger. And then uh, God would highlight, well, that's not the actual root cause. There's another prevailing factor that's working in there. And we would find where sometimes demons would speak through people and said, uh, that's not it. And you actually addressing anger, that's not it. And it was the demon spirit of anger actually seeking to avoid being cast out, talking to a person whose eyes and rolled in the back of the head and all kinds of things that come with deliverance ministry or examples where you know you discern that there's deep hurt in the person and then uh, another spirit will manifest called pride, producing mockery because it doesn't want the person to get delivered from the deep root of hurt uh, that's down in there. And so God has been faithful to really uh, give us some practical tools to deal with that. Sometimes we would uh, pray for people and say, we take authority over uh, these demonic assignments programmed against the soul of this person. And you experience a hurt, deep hurt, wounded spirit, broken heart. You separate from that strong man of abuse and come out of there. We, we command you to come out every, every cord, every fetter, every band that's connected to that root system of abuse. We command you to come up and go in Jesus' name. And then we would begin to attack the strong man of abuse that was hiding in it. So just, just one of many examples that we've experienced over the years. I remember uh, years ago I was ministering in the nation of Zim, uh, the nation of Zambia, and uh, we were at a mass deliverance service o over two, three thousand people in this. I mean, it was just a sea of people in this one building. And myself and um, a, a, a beloved brother of mine, another apostle of the Lord, and it was just him and I ministering along with the pastor of this specific church. And I discerned that the territorial spirit that was working in the people was actually the demon spirit of Python. And when we began to hit serpent spirits, slithering spirits, and, and we began to deal with the demon spirit of Python in particular, sections of people by the hundreds would hit the floor and start slithering like snakes. And it was one of the most bizarre and extreme deliverances that I've been in uh, year to date. And it was just so much that was happening as God was breaking in and liberating the people from the forces of darkness. But let me let me build on this just a little bit more. I wanted to highlight some examples uh, for you. Uh, Jesus rebukes the demon um, in Mark chapter 1, verse 25, and said, hold thy peace and come out of him. And notice in verse 26, the unclean spirit tore him and cried with a loud voice, and he came out. Sometimes what will happen when you're ministering to deliverance to people that have strong root systems intact is that those spirits will come out sometimes with uh, excessive amounts of phlegm and sometimes there's blood mixed in with the phlegm because those things are being torn from their soul and uh, that can gross a person out really send them into tweak field if you haven't been trained in this and realizing that this stuff does happen and sometimes demons will come out they'll make no sounds there'll be no noise at all they'll just go and the life of that person will get better than other times. Spirits will scream out. There'll be convulsions. There'll be violent manifestations. But yet God is faithful to break up people through and really liberate them and set the captive free. So we're looking uh, for God to really bring a strong re-emphasis and resurgence of this ministry. After Jesus rebukes this demon, 
the Lord gives the demon a personality by identifying it as him. And isn't it interesting how him correlates with the pronoun? And a part of our warfare today is the warfare of pronouns. You got to pick the right pronoun when you're dealing with folks so you could get in trouble in the HR department, call you in the office, and all this other interesting things that are happening in our world. But then in verse number 27, it says, And all they were amazed in so much that they questioned them among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For the authority commanded, he even the unclean spirits made, and they do obey him. And then his fame spreads abroad. So Jesus' authority and doctrinal capacity is acknowledged by the religious leaders, and as a result, his fame spreads abroad. They're very powerful. People want to be famous for various things, but if you really want to be in in line with Christ, I think that the ministry of deliverance should be fundamental to the believer's life as it relates to foundational teachings consistent with him that can really empower you to advance the kingdom and the lives of people because it is written according to Luke 11, Matthew 12, Jesus says, if I by the finger of the spirit cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God comes unto you. Here in uh, Mark chapter 1 as well, we'll look at verses 29 through 34. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Jesus, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever and anon, and they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him, get this, all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. Now, this is so powerful to me because the capacity that Jesus operated in and the authority that he possessed attracted an entire city. Jesus did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. But what I find to be interesting in our postmodern times is that we'll stick a camera or a microphone in front of the face of a person who is going through deliverance as if to bring attention to us. And in my humble experiences, I have found this to actually be a manifestation of the demon spirit of pride actually operating in the deliverance minister because you're bringing attention to yourself. Jesus was very adamant about not bringing attention to himself and we use that as, as a marketing tool or something to strengthen our brand, to bring more attention to us, but not necessarily for the sake of exalting Christ. And we've got to be very sensitive, wise, and discerning that we don't allow uh, the spirits of darkness to traffic through us in the name of us doing the work of the Lord, and then we create a wedge between us and Jesus because in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says that many would come to him in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did not we cast out devils? Did not we do many miracles and wonders works? And did not we prophesy in thy name? And Jesus says, I'm going to say unto you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. Well, how could you have a ministry of deliverance? How could you have a ministry of miracles and the prophetic and then Jesus simply say, I, I never knew you, is because we can take sacred things and present them in a way that only benefits us. And it never really exalts Christ because we in and of ourselves don't have the intimate connection with him where he can say, I know you. 
I know you, that intimate type of connectivity. So that's very important. So here from um, Mark 1, 29 through 34, three takeaways. The Lord's deliverance ministry had gained tremendous momentum. The multitudes were searching him out. Number two, gatherings of epic proportion took place. The deliverance anointing was releasing grace to set multitudes free. And this model of ministry, I believe, is important for touching the masses. I think it's extremely important for touching the masses. He goes into Peter's mother-in-law's house. She's sick with a fever. He heals her. Immediately she rises up. And we can miss this in the context of being miraculous because normally when a person's body has a fever, it's a sign that the body is fighting off an infection or a virus. And if you've ever had a virus or an infection, you don't jump up immediately after the fever is gone. It takes days sometimes to recover your strength. But because of the supernatural power in Christ, the lady was able to get back to a normal operational status immediately. That is a powerful realm because Jesus practiced um, this sacred ministry with such honor and dignity before God. Everything that he touched had to respond appropriately, and that should be our aim as, as workers of, of miracles and, and ministers of deliverance as well. Um, same chapter, verses 35 through 39. And in the morning, rising up a great day before, rising up a great rising up a great while before day, excuse me, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him, and they had found him. They said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. Therefore I came I forth, verse 39, and he preached in their synagogues throughout Galilee and cast out devils. So here we can see a pattern for Jesus. The Lord would spend time in intercession, charging himself up, empowering his spirit man, and then he would spend time preaching the gospel of the kingdom and then demonstrating the supremacy of the gospel of the kingdom by casting demons out of people. So you can look at his ministry being summed up from a twofold perspective. He preached and then he demonstrated. He taught and then he demonstrated because his doctrine carried authority and power if you go back up to the first scriptures we reference and then he demonstrates what he teaches and this is a ministry a ministry blueprint i believe that all believers should ascribe to anything we teach should also have the capacity or propensity to be demonstrated whether you're dealing with the marketplace whether you're in, you're in whatever sphere you're called to it can be demonstrated when we teach about supernatural provisions, then the supernatural provisions should manifest because it's biblical. You can reconcile it back to Christ. But Jesus preached and then he demonstrated. Whatever we preach as doctrine should also come with capacity to demonstrate. Paul even tells the church of Corinth that he wasn't sent, uh, that, that the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. In other words, there's a demonstration that comes when the kingdom of God is taught when the kingdom of God is made manifest amongst the people, that should be what we look to. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people, and they that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, 
and those which were lunatic, which actually translates moonstruck, and those that had the palsy. Um, these were people that were experiencing different forms of paralysis, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and beyond Jordan. Now, teaching and preaching are vital when it comes down to advancing the kingdom of God. Christ's central message, of course, was the kingdom of God, which once again, he demonstrated consistently. Notice what it says in verse 23 again. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then you see following a demonstration, healing all men of sickness and all men of disease among the people. And as that ministry he carried was advancing through other regions and territories, there was a magnetizing of the multitudes with their infirmities and their demons, and Jesus demonstrated supremacy over what was working in them. Once again, I want you to notice that in verse 23, they brought all sick people to him. And part of the sick included the mentally disturbed and tormented, those possessed with devils, which correlates demonized. Let me just pause right there. In the ministry of deliverance, what I've found, especially when you deal with individuals who want to argue against something that's evident in Jesus, and then cherry pick certain words to try to discredit an entire ministry, they'll use the word like possessed, and they'll say, well, um, how can I be born again? And be possessed. And I have a lot of comical responses for uh, that as well, but I'll give you a biblical response. The word possessed comes from a Greek word called deamonazume. It literally means to be demonized or to be with demons or to have demons. So people will make a word play on possess and not understand that it actually correlates with uh, demonization. So a better word would be. Uh, those that were demonized or those that had demons or those that were influenced by demons. And so Jesus dealt with them and all of them received ministry and breakthrough. And a lot of times it's a spirit that works in the believer to get them to try to dumb down, downplay or discredit stuff that the Lord has ordained for our good because of just indifference towards their own liberty and freedom, not the human in themselves, but the spirit's that are working in them. I hope this makes sense to you. But these multitudes got tremendous breakthrough. They got tremendous healing and they had an encounter, but Jesus preached, he taught, and then he demonstrated. Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 and 33. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen. In Israel. Casting out demons provides healing from physical impairments as well. There's a plethora of references in the scriptures that highlight biblically that when Jesus would heal a person, of, uh, would, would heal people, sometimes it would be demons coming out of them before the physical healing could actually manifest and take place. That's a completely separate teaching where in the Gospels in particular, it highlights that Jesus would deal with specific demons and people that were brought to him having a said case scenario, and then they would be healed after the demons would leave them. And so that is something that's noteworthy as well, that sometimes we can be praying for a person to be healed, and we I come against sickness, I come against this, I come against that, and that's, that's fine and well-intended, but sometimes the, the, the infirmity could be demonic. Remember, Jesus went about 
doing all manner of good, healing those oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So casting out demons uh, also affords people healing from physical impairments. The progression of people at times, um, sometimes the, the issues in people at times could be demonically rooted to the point where it mimics um, a physical infirmity, but at the root, it's actually a demonic assignment. And when we deal with the demons, the infirmity will actually leave them as well. I remember having, uh, even praying like with, with specific family members, children at times, and my wife at times, just various attacks that would come against us and uh, that would mimic sickness and just spending time praying in tongues. And the Spirit of God will highlight what, in fact, it actually was and deal with it, commanded to leave a specific body part. And then all of a sudden, what was manifesting as a physical infirmity ceased to exist. It didn't happen because the demon that was supporting it actually was driven out. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 24. Then was brought unto him one possessed of the devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. Now, this is interesting, uh, where the religious leaders of Jesus' day were releasing an indictment against him because of a noble and divine deed that was done. But the fruit of what I want you to look at is that when Jesus dealt with the devil that was in this, this, this individual that produced the ailment of him being dumb where his tongue couldn't speak, he was mute and blind, his eyes were impaired, his vision was impaired, he couldn't see. When the spirit left him, the individual began to speak and see, began to speak and see because Jesus dealt with the root cause of the issue of him being mute and the vision being impaired, it was demonic. And he drove that spirit out and tremendous breakthrough occurred as a result. Um, I'll give you uh, maybe two more references. In Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 33, and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of Most High, thou Son of God Most High? I beseech thee, torment me not, for he, command, he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought that him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was an herd of swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to, to enter in, in them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Now, this reference is also found in Mark chapter 5, but I wanted to use the example here in the Gospel of Luke because it brings a greater emphasis to the text. I want you to notice how, first of all, uh, there's an individual that 
has had demons in him for a long time, was naked, did not stay in a home, but dwelt in tombs. This is an extreme case scenario. But when this individual saw Jesus, right away there was a cry. The individual falls down before him and with a loud voice begins to say, what have I to do with thee, singular, acknowledging who Jesus is, and then says, I beseech thee, torment me not, which means that these spirits that were driving this man to madness, that had him hanging out around the tombs, not being able to live within the construct of a home and actually being new, acknowledge the authority that Jesus had to torment him. And then um, Jesus basically asked, identify yourself. The, the spirit said legion because we are many in the in the gospel of Mark. But this is interesting. So a legion is said to be anywhere between two to 6,000. It's language that correlated with uh, the Romans because uh, Israel was under Roman occupation during the physical time that Jesus walked this planet. And so a Roman legion could be comprised of between two to 6,000 soldiers. So the man had at a minimum at least 2,000 demons operating in him. And Jesus commands these spirits to leave. They enter to a herd of swine. And then you see the herd of swine running violently down the steep place into a lake, and then they were all choked. Jesus confronts this spirit, takes authority over it, uh, his presence in that territorial grid disturbed this thing to the point where all kinds of fear of being tormented began to manifest. And Jesus, of course, brings about tremendous resolve because the end result or the fruit thereof was this man became clothed and in his right mind, which means that in the realm of ministry, as we submit to Christ, as we live a more consecrated life to him, as we purpose to dedicate our lives to him in a greater degree, Authority can be increased, and some of the extreme case scenarios that we've been confronted with in life, uh, there will be capacity for us to deal with them, even as Christ did. That's so powerful to me. And these are this is something that we have to grow in. We grow in grace, and as you grow in knowledge, and then our ability to demonstrate what we know also can be expanded in a greater way as well. Last reference I'll give you for this session, then we'll we'll pray and. Um, maybe open up the line for some Q&A if time permits us to do so. Uh, Luke 13, verses 10 through 13. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, Thou art loose from thine infirmity. Look at this in verse 13. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, this is one of the um, uh, few occurrences where you see Jesus actually laying hands. But there's the wisdom in this. There's sometimes that people can be dealing with infirmity. And when, when hands are laid, I think it's Habakkuk chapter 2 says that in his hands, was the hiding of his power and rays of light. We also also know too that uh, laying on of hands is a is a is a is a, is a viable uh, operational function for ministry. But here, laying on of hands, like for example, in the book of Numbers, chapter twenty-seven, 
God told uh, Moses to take Joshua, the son of Nun, lay your hands upon him and put some of your honor upon him. And so honor can be imparted through the laying on of hands. Honor is a spirit. The spirit of honor, honor comes from God. And this is how men are able to operate in it because God is the, the, the everything that we do in this realm is a direct reflection of what's in the spirit realm. That's why dishonor can also be trans, transferred and imparted through dishonorable people. But the point is, is that Jesus is the, is the healer. And so within his, within his presence, there's capacity to heal. And within gifts and believers who study him as Christ the healer, I believe that a healing impartation is upon them because the doctrine empowers that demonstration to take place. And so the Lord lays hands and all of a sudden, the woman who was bound up for 18 years, she immediately uh, is made straight and glorified God. Now, what I find to be interesting is that her issue and her the, the issue that, that was that was happening in her life was a direct result of Satan. But Jesus lays hands on her and immediately she gets her healing. That's so powerful to me. And so these are just some of the things that uh, we can look at in a very practical sense. Of course, with you know each text that's been referenced, you can go a whole lot deeper with it and develop a complete teaching from it, that in and of itself. But I wanted to paint with a broad brush this morning to really highlight the significance of the ministry of deliverance and highlight it to you from a doctrinal perspective, give you definition, give you language, so that you can move forward uh, with the type of confidence and faith and also the assurance of knowing that this is something that Jesus himself has actually ordained as a viable aspect of ministry as it relates to advancing his kingdom, but and most importantly as well, liberating the bound and setting the captive free. So praise you, the Lord. Well, Father, I just thank you for these amazing people who are on the line this morning. I pray just for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon them. I pray for this uh, ministry of deliverance, this sacred ministry that you've ordained, Father, to impact us individually, to influence the masses, to be used as a means of advancing your kingdom and destroying simultaneously the kingdom of darkness that prevail in the lives of the saints of God. I pray for uh, times of renewal, times of refreshing, of greater clarity and greater understanding to be their portion. I just speak grace over them. And I declare, Father God, a new hunger, Father, being carved out in them for the supernatural and that this ministry, Lord, that we see as a model in Christ will be something, Lord, that we will use, Lord God, uh, to set a standard for eternity, Lord, to disrupt the misnomers of time that has affected so many people. Father, I pray just for a renewed sense of burden and passion uh, for this ministry to prevail in the lives of the people of God. And as they study the life of Christ, as they read books about deliverance, they'll get inspired and you will give them practical wisdom, practical tools, and you'll give them, Lord God, the passion needed, Lord, to advance the kingdom, even through this ministry. You'll give them the ability, Lord, to pray prayers of deliverance. Father, you'll give them capacity, Lord, to labor with the saints of God and those that are brought before them that have divers needs and also that realm of healing and supernatural demonstrations that come with the ministry of deliverance will be their portion. I rebuke all fear. 
I take authority over any assignments that would seek to downplay and dumb down this most important ministry. And Father, I give you glory and honor even now for Christ the Deliverer arising in the people of God as a model in the ministry, standard for the ages. I give you glory this day, Lord God, for breakthrough strategies prevailing on their behalf and just for the wisdom of the Spirit of God being made manifest through them, Lord, to intercede and to pray effectively for people, Lord, who come to them with diverse kinds of needs. Also, let the gift of healing and the gift of miracles be stirred in them. And Lord, just grace to step out in faith and language to speak the things that need to be spoken to address, Lord God, spiritual powers and the forces of darkness, Lord God, assigned against those that you have, Lord God, committed to their care. I bless them, Father. I bless their families, their ministries, their businesses. I pray the hand of God to prevail in their lives. And Father, every assignment of hell, Lord God, to ensnare them, to cause them, Lord God, to be casualties and shipwrecked, Father, even concerning the things of the Spirit. I just declare a hedge around them and that you'll neutralize these powers and that great wisdom and breakthrough will be the portion of the saints of God. Lord, continue to protect them, even the visionary of this ministry, uh, Dion Jackson, this awesome ministry gift. Lord, preserve her, protect her, do it for her children, Father, and let great grace prevail on their behalf in Jesus' name. I bless her and give you glory this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, to our moderator, who's ever on, I want to open up the line for some Q&A if time permits. I uh, don't want to break protocol here, so help me out. Yes, sir. Amen. God be praised. Thank you again, Apostle. This is the time that we have set aside to welcome people that may have joined a little bit late. Um, But what I'm going to do, I'm going to do two things. First and foremost, I'll give our men an opportunity to say good morning. Um, The majority, I believe, of the guests have said good morning. If there are any men on the line that would like to say good morning, you can do so at this time. Good morning. Men only right now. Amen. Men only right now. Yo, yo, yo. Brother Eric. Good Good morning, morning, everybody. Good morning. Any additional that want to say good morning? Good morning, Bahati. Oh, hey. Good morning, Bahati. And who else was that? Uh, Christopher Rollins. Hey, good morning, Christopher. Welcome, welcome. Any other men? Amen. Any any first-time callers? If you've already announced yourself, thank you. If anyone that has called that may be a first-time caller, you want to say good morning, go ahead. Good morning. Um, hey, good morning. Good morning. This is my first time here calling. I was invited by uh, Pastor Jacqueline Dillard. Amen. Well, welcome, welcome. You are amongst you. good friends. There are a bunch of you. Amen. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning and welcome, welcome. Anybody else before we walk into Love, Life, and Victory? I just want to say good morning. My name is Elder Nina. I'm the assistant to Apostle Stephen Garner. Good morning. Hey, man. Hi, Nina. Good morning. Thank you for all your help. <laughs> you are appreciated. 
Good morning, Miss Sunshine. Hey, Sunshine. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Leomi. You have a happy day. Good morning, Mother. Welcome, welcome. All right, good morning, Catherine. Hey, good morning, good morning, and welcome. Good morning, good morning. Uh oh, good morning. Who was that? Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning and bless the Lord. PR here. Hey, PR. Good morning. Good morning. All right, guys, let us uh, maximize the time that we have with Apostle. Uh, and I'm going to open up the Love, Life, and Victory conversation. Is there anyone that may have a question, um, a comment, or a commentary? Anybody that has a pressing question, um, I'll go ahead and open it up for you to ask Apostle. Don't ever look, don't everybody speak at once. Good morning. Good morning, Apostle. Um, Donner. My name is Christina Joy and um thank you for your share and teaching on the healing power of deliverance. I wanted to ask you a question as it relates to the spirit of infirmity, which as you've already spoken about, um, is um is a is a demonic spirit. But um I was studying uh, diseases in the curse of the law, according to Deuteronomy 28. Um, and I wanted to know, based on your experience in deliverance ministry, um, how do how are you able to discern whether the person who comes with an infirmity, it is an infirmity from just their immune system, or is it, or, it how, or how it is a demonic spirit of infirmity? Well, that's a great question, and thank you for, for asking. Um, once again, when approaching, you know, ministry in the context of it being a model, we've got to be able to reconcile what we do back to Christ. Now, thinking in terms of the Old Testament, um, one way of um, of studying the scriptures is is who was God talking to when he said what he said? So the Old Testament was dealing with literal, natural Israel, and their indifference or rebellion towards God would produce these things. Jesus and a part of his redemptive work, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. And so thinking of that from a New Testament perspective and not looking at, okay, well, this is something that's been put on them because it almost looks like God did it if you go back to that case scenario versus it being demonic. And this is how you look at it from a New Testament perspective. If it robs a person of peace, if it disturbs their peace, if it interferes with God's will for them based on what the scripture says, you can highlight it being demonic. So when you think about infirmity as a demonic assignment, demons torment, demons will oppress, demons will put pressure on people, demons will harass people, and oftentimes another way is like people can go to a natural physician. And they can tell them what they're going through, and they can never really diagnose the root cause of it. God knows we've had a plethora of situations like that. And so just by the process of elimination, you can highlight uh, whether it's demonic or whether it's something that's pathological or maybe a genetic disorder, but healing can still prevail. 
I hope that helped. I just wanted to give you a brief synopsis of that. And then Holy Spirit, he can administer a gift called discernment. We just ask him, Lord, what is this that's going on in this person's body, along with the information that they give you? Good. Very good. Great question, Christina. Amen. Anybody else? Good morning, um, Apostle Stephen Gardner. My name is Rochelle. And I just had a question as to um, when you discern a spirit and um, the person um, may not identify it or think it's just, you know, it's just, you know, who they are or whatnot, how do you approach them or what do you do besides praying Holy Spirit in the Word? Um, to help them maybe identify or um, uh, walk them into maybe some self-deliverance or help them to identify um, and start the uh, self-deliverance or receive deliverance? Mm, That's a tough one (laughs) because, you know, as with anything for the the sacred, well, the the supernatural, where there's light or darkness to work, there's got to be participation. And, you know, getting people to participate with their own faith is it's a challenge. Um, so I would I would definitely continue praying for them and and believing and asking God, praying the right thing, like, Father, let these barriers to my, whoever they have may be to you, mine and any internal opposition to what's working in them be judged. And intercession works. I mean, it really does work in like, for instance, when we do mass deliverance services here in the Chicagoland area, wherever we're tasked to, to, to conduct these types of ministries, people will come with all kind of beliefs and all kind of stuff. And it's not our job to try to indoctrinate them in one session. It's a mass deliverance venue. And we'll take them through renunciation and get them to participate with their own deliverance. And that is how we've learned to get some results over the years. But if it's one of those cases where you you got a person who's just, you know, you, you see what they're working with and they just constantly, um, you know, refute what you have to say and go against, you know, just your um, commitment to show them mercy and kindness, then you just you have to keep interceding for them and praying for them until God deals with their heart. That was good. Because you, you can't help hope that don't want to be helped. Listen, and man, it's it's the whole entire truth, man. <laughs> it, 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 hello. Yeah. Hey, uh-huh, go ahead. I do. I do. Okay. Uh, it's Didi. Good morning, oh, go Apostle. Ahead. Good morning. Hold on one second. Hold hold on one second. Didi, and and who else was that? Uh, this is Mary from Michigan. Hey, Mary, go ahead and then since you go behind her. Okay, thank you. Um, good morning, Apostle. First of all, um, thank you for what you gave i'm still trying to like process it all um but you said um two things in so i kind of had a question um you said that everything that you know that is done in deliverance must be taken back to, to jesus and amen for that so my question is this um i hope i ask this right so I'm just I'm just gonna ask. I'm sure you'll be able to kind of get what I'm trying to ask. So when people okay. are when people are doing deliverance and uh you know and they have the cameras out and stuff like that, which thank you for saying that because I anyway uh is like are the spirits that come out are they able because the Bible says that Satan he is the prince of the air and 
you know, so like, are the spirits able? I heard someone say, well, you know, don't have the cameras out because the spirits can then go into the airwaves or, or go to go to someone else through uh, the, you know, the like the camera, the video live. Um, is that true, or can you answer that? I don't think I'm qualified to answer that one. We need okay. Sidney Freud, or one of his counterparts for that one. No. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I just I, wondered. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. Um, sometimes we, when we don't know, there's a tendency to role play and come up with erroneous things that further perpetuate problems. And this is no pun intended or discredit to anyone. Sometimes it's just wise to say, "I don't know." Because once again, there is no biblical pattern that we see set as a precedence that when Jesus cast demons out of people, they went to a specific place. There's a reference where they went into the swine because he commanded them to. There's another, there's another reference that, you know, uh, out of darkness, but as far as saying like when you cast demons out, this is where they go, this is what happens to them. We know that they go into dry places, you know, as well. And it's not my job to determine that, nor any other deliverance minister. Our job is to cast them out. That's what the scripture says. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. Thank not you. cast them out and determine where they go. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Mary from Michigan. <laughs> right. So this is Dee Dee from Richmond. Dee Dee from Richmond. Right. <laughs> Real rich. All right. Come on here. <laughs> Go ahead, Dee. Uh oh, something must have happened to our phone. Uh while we were I got her. my call got dropped. Oh, I figured. Okay, it, go ahead. The, you know it happened. So Ooh, I'm so excited. Apostle, just to hear you, I follow you. I, I, I'm like Dion. I'm so grateful. I am blessed to be from a delivery ministry, so I get it. But what I want to say is that coming out of Methodist, and no shade to anybody, and not really being taught deliverance, right? Now that I'm 55 and I've been through a lot of deliverances, and I know the attack of the enemy, and I know I'm just thankful to have you. Break it down the way that you did, because there are so many believers that don't believe. And so the way you broke it down, I pray that everybody who heard you, who had doubts or wasn't believing or didn't think it was necessary, will really understand and get them some deliverance, because it's real. I remember when I took spiritual warfare class, it started off with 52 people. By the time that class ended, I think it was 20 of us, because people were fearful because the attacks are real. And so fear will make you flee, and you will think it's not real. And, you th- you know, so I'm just excited um, for this month that this is the last day of the month, and you spoke, and I'm grateful for you. So I just want to tell you that Didi from Richmond is grateful for your share, your deliverance, and everything that you've done for the kingdom. I- I'm just grateful for it, to be able to even speak thank to you um, publicly. So thank you, man of God. You're welcome. God bless, and thank you. I have a question. Hold on, really quick. I had a text message. Who is that that said, I have a question? Who is that? This is Vanda. Vanda? Okay. Right after Tanya goes, you go, Vanda, okay? Hey, go Apostle, ahead. this is 
Good morning. Good morning, Apostle. Um, this is Tanya. I know you won't remember me, but um, Dion and I had the pleasure of um, experiencing you live at Charlotte's Church in Oakland. I think it was 2017, maybe 2016. And okay. um, I... Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. It was so funny. Um, I know this is it's going to sound like it's off, but um, I'll wrap it up. Um, I remember um, we were teaching about the Holy Spirit, and I was sitting in the front, and um, you gave us instruction. I mean, the teaching was powerful, just like it is today. Uh, your tone was incredible, just the cadence, everything. It was just amazing. It drew me in. I don't know about anybody, but it really drew me in, and I was on the edge of my seat. But I'll never forget, this is funny for me, um, you told us, okay, I want you all to start speaking in tongues. Well, you know, I was super religious at the time, and I thought I had got set up by somebody, and I was in the front, and I couldn't, I could not, I was like, oh, my God, because I, I, my thinking was, he gonna, he gonna tell us some words that we should say. Anyway, it was just kind of comical, because um, I, I didn't consider myself religious at the time, but um, then you said, some of you religious folks, I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, um, two things. One, could you expound a little bit more on your comment about Jesus's ministry and the demonstration? And I'm, I'm hoping you could, um, not to attack anyone's ministry at all, but so many people find themselves in ministries where there really is no demonstration, but they find themselves staying there. So I don't know if you could, if you would be willing to talk just a little bit more about when you preach, when you teach, there should be some type of demonstration. And then the last thing was, you said you have some comical um, responses to people who say, you know, that um, believers can't be demon possessed. Can you give us one or two of those? I would love to, to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can patty this morning. I better, I better not go public with those. I got to wait for my IPO to get set. So, <laughs> but, but can you can you um. Can you can you can you repeat the the uh, the question once again? The the first okay. question about uh, yeah, so I can be clear as to giving you the answer. Just one more time. Sure. So so you you talked about demonstration and in ministry um, how Jesus every time he preached when he taught there was some type of demonstration and okay. a lot often I don't know how to make it a question. It's just a statement. I got in there. I got you. Yeah, I you got, got you now. Okay. 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 I got you. Yeah. So. When it comes down to doctrine, you'll see that uh, the reference to Jesus' doctrine in Mark chapter one was that what he what he he taught with authority and power, and then following somebody received. So even like let's just say the basic teaching on um, on faith, and, and I don't I don't say basic to belittle it by no means because everything we do should be based on faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And when a person is taught, just say in the context of faith, faith without works is dead. So the teaching should empower the recipient to do something, to receive something, or to partake of something. In other words, God just doesn't, uh, the gospel is not shared just for the believer to receive only. That would void out you becoming a disciple. So whatever we teach, in theory, should be able to have credibility by way of some type of demonstration in the believer's life. It should produce some fruit. If I if I if I teach on 
the prophetic. People should be empowered to prophesy. If I teach on intercession, people should be empowered to intercede. If I teach on giving, people should be empowered to give. If I teach on missions and nations, people should be empowered to uh, go on a missions trip, get a burden for a nation, start investing in the ministry in another nation. So it should be some type of corresponding action that correlates with what we've been what we've been taught because the teaching should be empowering. That was good. That was that was really good. Okay, can I can I okay. ask a question and then and then we'll go to Vanda. Um, on the sure. heels of that, if there is no manifestation of people being empowered and equipped to do so, um, and I, I know this is a very touchy subject, um, but what I found, especially with operational ministry gifts, going to churches that have not been versed or experienced, it creates this. I don't even know what to call it, <laughs> where where the, the leader is either one of two things, either empowers you to move forward or will attempt to belittle or demean that which you are gifted in. What What do you suggest in handling things like that? Did I, Ooh, I clear? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got to ask, so teacher, <laughs> sensei. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> so as with as with anything where uh, there's the potential for indifference, uh, those of us who um, are in pursuit of something higher, perhaps than or deeper than the current entity we're joined to can provide, I think just finding a practical way to stay in honor while having a a commitment to continue to grow and being educated in the things of Christ is my simple approach to that loaded question. That's a loaded one there. I would, <laughs> I would find ways to, to honor what I'm, I'm currently receiving and, and what it's doing for me, but at the same time not allow it to douse out, per se, my passion to grow in grace and just look for not even supplementing it, but just for, just for proper resources uh, that, that can empower me to become as such. And you and you can do this like a lot of times your people will feel like, you know, man, I'm not getting what I need here and and then the, the first area in that is to verbalize it to someone else. Because now you put yourself in the potential to really, you know, get in dishonor because all your all your bents will start manifesting. So it's just mm -hmm. good to celebrate where you're at, stay in honor where you're at. But you're not uh obligated, I don't believe by Jesus, to restrict yourself to that, especially if he's giving you a desire an appetite for more. Mm, very good. That was so wise and diplomatic, Apostle. I'm a pastor too, so you already know I, I deal with all kind of complexities on a regular basis. Like Lord, Absolutely. deliver me. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, well, if they're hungry at your house, they don't want to eat. That's fine. That's what that is. That's just sheer and utter dishonor. Vanda, go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you for your patience. Go ahead. Okay. Good morning, um, Apostle good morning. and all. Um, in your experience, expertise, wisdom, <laughs> I'd like to get your um, insight and initial thoughts on mental illness and deliverance. What is your stance? Mm, very good. Very good question. Well, I believe that mental illness is real. I believe that some people, um, until they can get to a place of believing God to heal them, need therapists 
And I'm not a proponent or nor am I an opponent of medication. So I would never verbalize, you know, either. I think that where people in life, if they cannot receive what God has for them and their faculties are not working to 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 the point where by faith they can really begin to comply with God's plan, then there's nothing wrong with the therapist. There's nothing wrong with getting a counselor. And if the pills will help balance them out chemically and all the other stuff without creating a, a litany of other complexities, then, you know, the choice is theirs. But either way, I believe that therapists are needed just as much as a deliverance minister is needed. Amen. 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 Anybody else? I have something. Good morning, Good morning D.B. I heard I heard two people, but I heard a man. So we're gonna let that testosterone go first. Princess. <laughs> I heard a man. Come on here, Doc. Good morning. Oh, I Cedric, y'all. Um, oh, I, I did have. A- I heard. I, wait, wait, hold on one second. I heard two men. Come on, Jesus. Amen. Who was the first one? <laughs> oh, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan, and then Cedric, and then who else? Just Jonathan and Cedric. John, let's say it go, and then you go, nephew. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, thank you for the uh, declaration. I did join the call uh, late, so I don't know if you discussed this already, but my question is, us as individual Christians, how are we supposed to deal with um, when we run into contact with people um, as far as casting out demons? When we run into people who are possessed? What is our responsibility? Um, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, you can never fail at is just being compassionate to people. Sometimes it's um, the compassionate unlocks the type of mercy that's needed for people to at least even experience, you know, just what God has. I'll, I'll give you an example that just came to my mind. Um, I was in a venue, as a matter of fact, to an airport. In, in an African nation, and this individual said, I see your light, just out of the blue. And I, <laughs> and I turned and looked, and I gave a sharp reprimand, but I did it in love. And then the person digressed and just started, like, backing up because it was a person that was reading crystals and stuff. It's like, you don't see my light, the devil is a light. You know, it's like... All my hood instincts wanted to take me to a different direction, but I knew I needed to address that without bringing too much attention to the person. And so I kind of hid it from that way. Here's another example. Um, years ago, and this is one of the hallmark cases, was in a local church, and there was a, a woman that was there. That was, yeah, she, at the time, we didn't know she was married to a guy who had, had worked all kind of kits on her, right? So when we started praying for her, she started levitating like on the floor and she was a very petite woman the pastor of the church was a guy about six foot four and when he got down to try to help this lady slung him while the body was still in the air and i'm like man this is just not gonna work and the <laughs> demon started speaking through her and using all kind of explicits towards me i mean he's like we should have killed you when we had a chance and you this and you that and holy spirit says tell her you love her now my wife is next to me as well. I'm, like, I'm not going to tell this lady I love her and this 
woman I'm married to sitting here and all these demons manifest. This makes no sense at all. And then I had to. And when when I when I started saying it, it was like a like a such a such a a, a release from the, the the presence of God. The the spirit broke in the woman, and she went into a full blown weeping. And then we were able to get her delivered because in that moment of crazy chaotic stuff was a seed of compassion tone. And then we kind of found out some other things. So dealing with demonized people, whether you're in the public sector, whether you're in, you know, in the actual delivering service, you just have to be led by Holy Spirit, but compassion never fails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I took you took you on a little little ride there, man, but I your question was good, so I had to throw a few things at you. <laughs> hey man, All right. any anybody else? Yeah, this is Jacqueline. Oh. I have something. Oh, you said okay. Wait, hold on one second. Let John go. Go ahead, Jonathan. I, I was good morning, Apostle. I was listening earlier, and I believe it was the same word. But um, you used the word earlier, um, and that you, I believe you said it was from the Greek, but it is to exert power and dominion over. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So dealing with um, exosia, where you're authorized to act, or you're given the privilege to stand in another stead. That's the Greek word for authority. Okay. And then the other word was, I think you said, uh, I'm not, Lord, uh, when you said to be influenced by the demons, the demons, demons. Oh, yeah, the Greek word deamonazume, which is normally translated to the English word possessed. And that gets a lot of Christians up up in arms. Um, but, yeah, it, the, the word possessed translates the Greek word deamonazume, which actually means to be demonized, to be with demons, or to have demons. Thank you so much. All right, you're welcome. Thank you. Say it again, Apostle Deamona Zume. Yeah, Deamona Zume. Deamona Zume. I have to just look up that key. I used to have those memorized, but I, I need some more bandwidth now. The more I learn, the more my mind needs to expand. So, <laughs> and I'll, I'll get it to you, and then you can share it. Share it with your group. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Good morning, Apostle. Um, this is Good morning. <laughs> the extension of rivers in Lansing, Michigan. Um, good morning, oh, Nina. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, years ago, I was introduced to your ministry by way of Rosalind Jones, a good friend of um, Lenore and I who are on the call, and she has since passed away. But just thank God for the grace um, that's on your life and your ministry. And we have a couple of times shared that we left Chicago ruminating on the message that you preached on grace, and we dubbed ourselves the Grace Buddies. So you have four people in Lansing oh, wow. that felt like we were <laughs> and are an extension of Rivers. Um, but I wanted to say, I wanted to ask two questions or make a comment about one. You've talked, I've heard you say a few times, um, one, it was in a very comical way, but you were talking about a conversation with your wife, I believe. And you said it don't matter because I can pray in the spirit and God is going to tell me anyway. So you talked about that, the importance of um, praying in the spirit and getting an answer or getting, you know, insight and wisdom, that comment, if you can touch on that. And secondly, the importance of deliverance for the deliverance minister. So before we go and minister deliverance, if you can touch on mm-hmm. the importance of us maintaining a state of deliverance, um, period. Yeah. 
Yeah, very good, very good. So the um, praying in the Spirit provides the believer with um, a plethora of benefits, of which one, um, in the book of Jude, it talks about Jude chapter 1, but, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves are your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And so there's a there's an added incentive of being built up in a realm known as most holy faith when you pray um, in the Holy Ghost. And it's our faith that allows us to transact with the unseen realm. And so the more you spend time praying in tongues, it really does sensitize you to the spirit world or the invisible realm in a greater way to interact to interact with it for the sake of dealing with the powers of darkness or to uh, be transformed by, you know, the things of God and also to transact with that realm of the kingdom. So very important. And then when it comes to deliverance for the deliverance minister, I partake of it myself on a personal basis. I use the analogy of routine maintenance for a car. You can have a brand new car. It could be that S560 or it could be the new 7 Series Beamer or whatever it is that you're looking for. And it could have all the perks and top-of-the-line stuff, but you never get the oil change. You never get the tires rotated, and you never pay attention to the scheduled services that the vehicle tells you it needs. Eventually, the performance of that vehicle is going to die down, and it's going to produce more problems in the long run because you abdicated the necessity of routine maintenance. In ministry, all of us, the more you give out, you should be in a place to receive as well. And there's no one that's above reproach when it comes down to the way the spirit world will attack you and literally address you. And so it would behoove the deliverance ministry in particular to make sure that you're not trying to do something for others that you yourself need someone to help you. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Good and true. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Good morning. Hey, good, good morning. morning. Good morning. This is glorious, Gloria. Apostle Garner, I appreciate you. Um, I was blessed to be introduced to your ministry and to come see you when you did Fire on the Altar in Maryland a couple years ago. Okay. So I'm truly, truly, truly blessed. I appreciate your teaching this morning and that the point about that when you minister, there ought to be there's ought to be an expectation of signs following by the example that Jesus has given to us. So I I appreciate the entire teaching was wonderful. I thank God for you, and um, I'm going back on mute. Okay, God bless. Thank you. Good stuff. For those of you all that are in additional states, always be on the lookout for uh, FOTA in your immediate area. Um, if you've never been to a fire on the altar gathering. Listen, you are missing something life changing. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this real quick before I ask if there are any additional questions as we begin to approach the hour. Um, Apostle actually has a a host of different books um, that will benefit you for um, teaching and for training and for growing and um and yes Dondrea we can um that will assist you in really the fundamentals of becoming if that makes sense it is super important 
um, for you to have the necessary tools to pursue God, right? He said, they who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And if you go to sagministries.com, Apostle actually has a new release out. It's Territorial Intercession, Understanding Your Influence, Exercising Your Authority, and Occupying Your Rightful Place. Listen, it will change the trajectory of your life. And I'm not I'm not just saying it because he's listening. I'm just telling you what I have experienced. And and again, he has a host of additional books um, and tools and courses and classes and resources that are available to the public. We don't actually have to move to Chicago like my sister Charlotte did. <laughs> picked up her whole life. She, un honey, she understands honey. the power of proximity. <laughs> and listen, she understands it like a beacon. And I mean, she taught her face off this morning at five o'clock with supernatural morning. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Any additional um, questions and comments um, before we run out of time? Anybody else? Yes. Yeah, I have a morning. question. Yes. Uh Okay, let me let me get the the three order. I heard three voices. Who was that? I have a question. Who was that? My name's Natalia. I'm from uh, Lansing, Michigan. All right, one um, second, Natalia. Hold on, one second, Natalia. Who else? I heard okay. two additional. Dondria. Dondria, and who else? All right, so go Natalia, and then go Dondria. Go ahead. Okay, so my um. My question is, is that um, I've always been really close to God, and um, what sometimes stops me from trying to reach out to other people is because of the fact that when I see certain people or do certain things, almost like what they're going through comes onto me. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I can feel their energy, you know? Um I don't even know how to pronounce. I don't even know how to say it. Like, like I was at a festival this weekend, and it was so overwhelming. By the time I got home, I was sick because I could feel everything that from the people, like from hugging them. Now, does that have anything to do with <laughs> what we're talking about? You know what I mean? So I know um, I've been blessed with um, an, an anointing, but I just don't know where to to go. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and sometimes mm -hmm. the environments um, and certain atmospheres and things of that nature can have an effect on us. But once again, our premises for developing people in the things of God is we have to be able to reconcile what our experiences and the things we do to Christ. And so if right. my current behavior can't be substantiated remotely by what I see in Jesus, then I may need to deem that as being something of Satan, especially if it's producing uh, impairments, if it's creating mm -hmm. any kind of anxieties, fears, making you want to withdraw and isolate yourself. It's a demonic assignment. And oftentimes those things have their origin in some traumatic event that we may, may be buried in our subconscious and we're just not even there. But this is where dealing with skillful ministry gifts who are governed with compassion from within, who know the power yeah. of mercy, can really help people get liberated from their fears. Like in Second Timothy one seven, 
Paul makes tells Timothy that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And sound mind in the Greek correlates with a disciplined thought life. And a lot of times we can ponder on stuff for so long and then it manifests because the body always responds to the ears hear and the eyes see what the mind wants. I would mm-hmm. recommend practice putting the helmet of salvation on. Get you some scriptures that have to do with, you know, God being around you. Like Zechariah 2 and 5 is one of my go-to scriptures. For I said the Lord shall be a wall of fire around you and glory in the midst. And so it doesn't make a difference who you engage, where you go. Nothing can cross that barrier of fire that God has established around you. And that's the confidence that I exercise on a regular basis. And so um, I would encourage uh, just the deepening of your meditation on scriptures that have to do with divine protection. Right. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Be at peace. God bless. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Dondria, go ahead, babe. Thank you so much, uh, Apostle Garner, and uh, the, to the radical midwife. She introduced me to your ministry when I was going through um, a pretty traumatic divorce. Um, and but your prayer ministry, and I think it used to be on YouTube. So I would come home and have fire on the altar all night um, after work. You know, put it on my boombox and pray, pray, pray. I repeat after. You know, I learned to pray. <laughs> Just repeat wow. what you were saying out loud in the spirit for months and months and months. Um, like you said, having the spirit of protection around me, having this own deliverance ministry um, for myself. And um, one specific prayer, you had that prayer of Jezebel and the intercessions and all of those things. After praying that and sending that to my friends and asking them to join me, those folks that were um, experiencing some of the same things I was experiencing, the truth came out. The spirit broke. The truth came out. And so we were able to move forward um, with the divorce. So I just want to thank you. I mean, it wasn't what I wanted, but, you know, the truth was revealed and that's always of God. So I just want to thank you for your fire on the altar, um, all of your ministry, your prayer ministry definitely kept me company and saved my life and moved me to a higher plane. So thank you so much, man of God. Praise God. You're welcome. Amen. Anybody else before we wrap it up? Hi, yes, um, Alexis, real quickly. So earlier you spoke about Jesus laying hands and paraphrases. You spoke about a spirit of honor, a spirit of honor. Can you elaborate on that, please, and thank you? Okay, so I used the example from Luke 13 when Jesus laid hands on the woman who was bound with the spirit of infirmity for 18 years, and she was loose. That's um, one reference, per se, where he's Christ the healer, so healing was in him. When he laid hands, that's what was transmitted or imparted into that lady's physical body to address the spirit of infirmity. He didn't lay hands on everyone he ministered deliverance to, but there are certain cases where you'll see where Jesus touched them and then a demonstration manifested. And I talked about how honor can be imparted through laying on of hands as an example because there's the ministry of laying on of hands. So in Numbers chapter 27, I just emphasize how God told Moses, to take Joshua, the son of Nun, lay your hands on him and put some of your honor upon him. It's the picture of a public ordination. And normally during those times, 
hands are laid so that the vessels who are facilitating the ordination service can impart dimensions of grace and gifting that they carry. So that was the emphasis of that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I think, did we skip over Natalia? Was it Natalia, I believe? I'm sorry. I just, it just hit my mind. Nope, you got, I got, I spoke. Thank you so much. Okay, okay. Thank you. Okay, yes, ma'am. Amen. Anybody else? All right, going once, going twice. All right, now here we are, um, Apostle, my my deepest gratitude. I appreciate you. Thank you, Nina, for all of your assistance and coordinating. Thank you for um, being as humble as you are, as, as great as you are perceived, as many lives as you have imparted in um, throughout the nations. I am ever grateful. Um, I am forever um, appreciative of, again, your yes and the impact that it's had on my life and even the ability to be able to teach on a regular basis from many of the tools that you have on the um, on your website. That, again, is SAG Ministries. Um, I want to be a blessing to the man of God if it has blessed you, which I'm sure um, it is. I would Love it if you guys could assist with being a blessing to Apostle. Um, and you can just go at I Declare Victory Now, and we'll make sure that every dollar is given. Um, I want to I give this testimony really quick. There have been several times um, just during my morning meditation and prayer. Um, one of the things you always want to do is make sure, because sometimes it's not the seed, it's the soil. Um, I, I know for a fact, this is not me guessing, this is my, not me thinking maybe, I know for a fact that he's good ground as I've received instructions on several occasions, um, just out of the blue, send um, Apostle XYZ, um, keeping in mind that he is not my official covering, um, there have been times where I was in deep lack, and I need you to hear me, um, and the Lord would tell me to send a sacrificial seed to him. In honoring that, um, in obeying that instruction, immediate response. Um, and so I just, I want to give you guys an opportunity to sow, right? You're not doing me a favor. Whatever you do, I'm going to do what, what Declare Victory is going to do anyway. But I'm telling you something. Um, deliverance is not always just um, about, quote, unquote, demons and slithering and spitting and throwing up and all this stuff. Sometimes um, it is a seed. Sometimes you have to give your way to next. I have have evidence um, that sowing into this man of God, my whole life is different <laughs> than when, when I started um, being a student of his teaching and his ministry. So I just want to offer and extend the opportunity to you um, to give your way out. And I, I don't care what it is. I don't care how little. I don't care how large. Um, anything just in the memos, you can do it through PayPal or you can do it through um, Cash App, and we'll ensure that everything is sent to Apostle um, on your behalf. And so I want to open that invitation up to you. And again, it's I Declare Victory Now, N-O-W, and, um, and we want to we be a blessing to the man of God. He most certainly, listen, what I would consider little old us, 
he didn't have to even be bothered. Child, he could have told me no straightway, as my grandmother would say. Um, but because he didn't, I want to make sure that we are a blessing to him. Apostle, I'll hand it to you for last words. You can close us out in prayer. And hopefully um, this cash app should do what I, I believe we, we know to do. Amen? Amen. Well, thanks again for the opportunity to share. Um, it's an honor. I um, actually look forward to it. Not many people um, actually make a request for deliverance to be taught. So, of course, that got me moving <laughs> uh, in particular. But this was awesome. I really appreciated sharing and have a passion just to see the body of Christ activated in the things that will promote the vested interests of Christ. And I believe that this platform happens to be one of them. So more grace. And uh, appreciate all of you. Have a phenomenal day. I speak God's grace over you, God's mercy. I mean, his goodness follow you all your days. God bless. Amen. Amen, guys. Well, thank you. Don't forget we are fasting today from now until 5 p.m. We meet back here at 5 p.m. for those of you who are pushing back your plate today. Um, and otherwise, tomorrow begins self-control and discipline. And I'll be teaching in the morning. I want to extend the invitation to meet me right back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. And let's prepare um, to maintain the deliverance that we've acquired during this last 31 days. I pray that your life has been richly blessed. I pray that you'll continue to grow in grace and to grow in the knowledge of Christ. But more than anything, that your hunger would never be quenched for the things of the kingdom, that you would be every single thing that God established of you from the foundation of the earth. Again, Apostle, thank you so much. Nina, thank you as well. And um, you'll, you'll hear one of them little money signs in just a minute. <laughs> Amen. God bless everyone. Have a wonderful day. Hear you in the morning or this evening at five. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. God, God bless. Have a great day. 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 Have a great